What's going on, guys? Matt Wyke, Jimmy Mentis here with another episode of Fit Business. We have another special guest this week. Jimmy, why don't you introduce who we got? Boy, is he special. Very special. I mean, it took us a long time to even, I mean, book him for 30 minutes. And I asked for 45, and he goes, yeah, you can have it. So just imagine how busy he is. We have Dan, very good friend of mine, brother, Dan Solomon, and he is the chief Olympia officer for the famous Mr. Olympia and all the rest of what's going on that weekend. What's up, Dan? Gentlemen, it's good to uh, hang out with you guys. First of all, congratulations on this show. I have to tell you, there's so many shows out there right now, and a lot of them do the same thing, and they all serve their purpose. But I think what you guys are doing is important. You know how much I um, take an interest in the business side of what we all do. It's it's sort of, uh, I think it's something that um, binds us together. And uh, we've all been through the, the peaks and the valleys and the, the high marks and the dark parts of this industry. And uh, we definitely know the the, the things to watch out for and uh, and also the opportunities that exist. So I think this is a good opportunity and, and I'm glad to see you guys are enjoying some success with it. So it's good to be here. Thanks, man. We've Thank been, uh, Matt and I have been having some fun. We've had some discussions on some hard topics, which we're, you know, we're still rolling out on them, but um, let's talk. Let's talk. Matt, you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's first start off. Obviously, you know, this is the first year that you're heavily involved in the Olympia. I mean, obviously you've done, you know, the live streams and, and, and helped in different aspects um, with that. But, you know, this year you're taking on a completely different role. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what your responsibilities are with the Olympia this year being, you know, the chief Olympia officer, you know, and, and what that entails? Yeah. So I was brought in um, by America Media, which of course is the company that uh, owns the Olympia acquired it in its entirety a few years ago. Um, and uh, basically what I do is I oversee the Olympia as an asset, as a property of, of American media. AMI is a big um, media company with all sorts of media assets and publishing assets and really all corners of publishing. The newsstands to some degree are dominated by AMI published media. Uh, I know, Jimmy, you're familiar with a lot of those because I know AMI media has been very kind to your brand over the years. Um, everything from Us Weekly to OK, and uh, the list goes on and on. And uh, of course, the Olympia is just one part of the company. And what's happened is they brought me in because the Olympia, as, as successful as it is as, uh, as an event, it's also... Um, a very multi-dimensional part of the company. There's licensing components, there's branding, there's marketing, there's revenue, there's all sorts of things that the company AMI works to maximize. And I think the general feeling was, um, and I'm always very quick to give credit to everyone who's been a part of the Olympia prior to um, my arrival, including Robin Chang, who did a great job for many years as the event director. Um, but I think one of the things that um, our CEO decided was that the, event, the Olympia is a five-day event, but there's another 360 days out of the year that um, present opportunities to develop the brand, to develop the Olympia as a property, to create all sorts of opportunities um, that extend back to the to the Olympia. Um, and there's many, many components to it from branding and marketing and licensing and all sorts of components to really ensure that the Olympia grows in ways that just go beyond that four-day or five-day event. Now, of course, the event is a significant part of the Olympia, and, and um, so my role is I oversee everything that connects to the Olympia 
for American media. Now, I know there's some confusion out there because historically, when you talk about a fitness or bodybuilding event, you just think along the lines of, okay, who's the promoter, who's the producer of the event? Now, what we've done is we've re recently brought in um, a gentleman named Tamer El-Gindi, who does a really great job as a promoter, um, promotes Good events guy. all over the world. He's yeah. based out on the West Coast, uh, out there in uh, Southern California. And um, we brought him in to basically produce the weekend for us to execute the four or five day event, which of course includes everything from an amateur Olympia that we have out in Vegas to the Friday and Saturday night arena production to the um, expo that takes place at the Las Vegas uh, convention center. So all told, it's a very multi-layered event, multi-layered property, and all of it um, is basically my responsibility. So hopefully that answers your question. Wow. Okay. Wow. Good luck with that. Yeah, I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, man. All right, guys, that's the show for today. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I used to say when I, back in my days of, of, of hosting Pro Body Building Weekly, there was always those guests. Sean Ray was one of them where you'd always joke, you'd bring on the guest, you'd ask two questions, and then you can go outside and wash your car, and the, the show would just kind of take care of itself. So uh, forgive me for being long-winded, but this no, might that be was, a show for you that, guys. That, that was good. It's like I knew a new part of it, but now I'm, now I'm actually paying attention. Right. Um, you know, I think it's great. That's a lot. And, and I mean, do you sleep at night? You know, it's funny. You, you, you ask a really good question and I know you guys like to get, you like to go past the initial uh, layers. So I'll do that for a second. Um, one of my very good friends, somebody who I think you guys knew as well, Sean Perrine. Um, he was um, a longtime editor. You know, I, I consider him an icon of the, fitness journalism space. He was an editor-in-chief at Muscle & Fitness, Flex Magazine. He worked for this company. He worked in the New York office for many, many years, and I had a chance to know Sean. Um, Sean passed away, of course, as everybody knows, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago. And um, so when you ask that question, Jimmy, it really makes me think about, about Sean, because it really is easy to get buried in this stuff. It's easy to let the stress kick in and, and not to sleep and to wake up at 5 a.m. and grab the phone and start responding to emails and staying up late. And it's a lot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's a very um, significant responsibility, but whenever I get to that place where I feel like it's getting real heavy, I think back to Sean and I think back to the advice that I used to give him and the advice that I wish I could continue to give to him. And that's just basically, we all have to take a breath once in a while. Um, so whenever I hear people talk about the burden and the stress and the responsibility, yeah, it's there, man. But it's really the onus is on all of us to make sure that we, Find some kind okay. of balance and don't get that, swallowed and eaten up alive by it because it sure is easy if you right, let it. Right. Because again, this is this is something that it's a business, right? Yep. It's a business. And this is not a business. You said it's 365 days out of the year, but the this business boils down to five days. It's showtime, five days. So if can you take that step back at that crucial moment? If you're talking to a potential sponsor, if you're talking to a, a potential um, uh, entity that's going to partner up with you and you have to take that red eye from California back to New York and you come to that point, it's like, oh, I can't do this. Do you, you don't have a choice, do you? Yeah, no, you got it. The job has to get done. There's lots right. of there's lots of things that depend on everything that we do and uh, especially an event of this nature um, because it's the only event in the world. Uh, in the fitness space that's held in an arena. 
And um, that carries a whole level. And I, I actually spoke about this the other day when I was on with uh, Dave Palumbo. We talked about sort of the nuances of this production. And that opens up a whole new world of production um, nuances, challenges, opportunities. Uh, and then, of course, you merge that with the realities of doing business in Las Vegas, which carry its own level of complexities. And then you throw over the Las Vegas Convention Center and the expo and then the integration with the hotel and, and the arena and all of it. And when you, and you roll it all together, um, yeah, every piece connects to the next. Fortunately, you have a great team. Um, we brought over Angelica Nebbia, who is a longtime member of the uh, AMI muscle and fitness team and the uh, she uh, is now aboard as our event coordinator. And of course, Tamer's uh, an amazing producer. So we're really happy to have him and uh, my man, Caden Riley and uh, Martine and just the whole crew. They're just a, a great group of people who all know what they have to do. And uh, it's very much a team effort. But uh, yeah, sometimes you just got to do that. You got to take those red eyes. Jimmy, you got to miss. Um, I got to miss my son's baseball games yes. occasionally. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't take lightly when it comes to missing my son's baseball. No, game, so definitely know that. All right. So. Officially, when did you take on this responsibility? So I took on the responsibility last after last year's Olympia. Um, the um, there were some elements of the event that um, forced AMI to kind of take a look at where things were going. Um, I should qualify this and tell you that the event um, does extremely well. It performs very well financially. Um, it's a very solid asset and a very valued one. Um, our chairman at AMI cares deeply about the sport and about the event. So it's one of those things where we are um, we get a lot of support from all levels of the company. Um, but um, there were some things that they wanted to kind of develop. And I got a call from um, a gentleman named Chris Gardina, who's the executive vice president over at AMI. And uh, he had a bunch of questions for me just about my thoughts on the Olympia. And that happens a lot. I know you get those calls too, Jimmy. People wanted to pick your brain about you know, hey, you were just out here at this event or you just saw our new supplement line launch. You know, any, any thoughts on things that you've seen? And I always have those conversations every couple of weeks. Somebody will call me and we'll kind of pick each other's brains and they'll seek out my opinion on something. And I'm always happy to give it, you know, good, bad or indifferent. And um, by the time that conversation was over, I had shared a lot of my thoughts on the event, um, on some of the what I thought were lost opportunities. Um, I kind of felt that more and more people were saying in June or July, they were saying, how come nobody's talking about the Olympia this year? Right. And um, being a part of the media, as I had been for so long, um, like Matt and uh, and I guess now you, Jimmy, you're part of the media now. Um, but yeah, once you have a podcast, you're part of the media now, Jimmy. Um, oh, I'm, I'm worldwide now. Yeah, you are. You're a global sensation. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it got to a point where the conversation kind of developed to a place where I guess, you know, I said some things that were interesting to them and... Uh, um, they ended up bringing me out. And, uh, of course, the uh, very well-known um, CEO and chairman of AMI, David Packer, he invited me to a So to you lunch. show up. So you show up first day at work. And the reason why I'm asking you these questions yep. is because it's a business. Sure. You're promoting a business. And maybe there are other promoters out there worldwide that need this information. So you, you, show, up for, you show up for work for the first day. What's the first thing you looked at? And what was the biggest hurdle within the first two weeks that you said, wow, I need to take yeah. care of this right away? Yeah. So the Olympia, to some degree, it's it's like that. It's like that. Um, maybe that thing that you've always wanted to that, that vacation you've always wanted to take that mountain you've always wanted to visit that thing. You've always that waterfall you've always wanted to get up close to and you see it online 
and you read about it. Maybe you even, you know, flew over it at one point on an airplane. But then you finally get there and you realize the vastness of it, the gravity of it. And I don't want to overstate it. I don't want to make it seem like it's, you know, but it's it's a bigger thing, especially because it lives within the context of a corporation. So that makes it even larger because there's so many components to it. So my first thought to answer your question was just the overall size and the elements of the event. It's not as simple as just, you know, hey, we have a venue. Let's get right. some competitors. Let's sell some tickets and let's go. There's so much more to it. Um, so that's the first thing. The hurdles, I feel like, you know, and if you want to kind of get into the realm of advice to other promoters. Yes, please. I think inclusiveness is the biggest thing. I felt that over the years, the Olympia, as much as it's grown, as much as it's become very successful, and a lot of people deserve credit for that, but I do feel to some degree that there had become a disconnect. People who were very close to the event for many years, people who felt that the Olympia was a part of their story, a part of their journey, something that they really felt was a meaningful extension of their, their place in this industry, I felt that to some degree, um, a lot of those people had kind of moved aside. I don't want to say they were pushed aside because I don't know if that would be fair, but I just felt like there were people that no longer felt as connected to the Olympia as they used to. And um, so I've worked very hard to make sure we resolved a lot of that, uh, you know, especially as somebody who's um, uh, connected to the media like I am. I know how much it means to show up at an event and have the opportunities to cover it the way you want to. Um, I know what it means to be a, I mean, I've never been a former bodybuilding champion, right? But I can only imagine what it would mean to, you know, guys like you, Jimmy, or you know, Jay Cutler and, and these guys who, you know, have been around for a long time. You want to show up and you want to feel, you know, welcome. Right. You want to feel like you're a part of That's true. That's the event. True. And and I just kind of felt the more I would talk to people, I realized that for reasons that I don't fully understand, a disconnect had taken place. And um, when you lose that connection, you lose that advocacy, and when you don't have people out there advocating for the event, the trickle-down is significant. It affects exhibitors. It, expect, it affects sponsorships. It affects ticket sales. It affects every part. It, it affects word of mouth. So it's important that people get back to a place. So I would say to any promoter, whether you're promoting the, you know, the East Minnesota NPC Championships or whether you're promoting the Arnold Classic or whatever it is, um, make sure that the community, the fans, the athletes feel a real genuine connection to the event because if they don't, you've really lost out on a lot of opportunities. And basically, if there's damage there already, you know, go back, fix it, because I agree with you. Um, the Olympia had lost uh, that emotional connection. Um, I lost that emotional connection with the Olympia. And people like me were going to the Olympia to it's, it's in our blood to have fun then it became an expo and a show and there was no camaraderie anymore there was no like hey let's hang out let's do this it was always about expo expo booth and then the show and i agree with you i can tell you right now that and we are what seven months away no, I wish we were seven months away. We're we? about four and a half months away, Jimmy. Oh my God! Okay, we're four Jimmy, months I away. I would kill. I would kill for there to be seven more months to prepare for this event. But um, well, we don't let's put it this time. way: since you took over and you brought on this team, and you've been, you know, posting and and stuff like that, and and Sean Ray with this earth-shattering breaking news that it's going to break and it's going to break down the road. Um, <laughs> love that video, by the way. He did. Um, 
there is more excitement at this Olympia on the front end than there was in the last two, three years. So kudos, kudos to you. And I know there's a lot more that you, um, that you have done and it's just, it's just been crazy. Matt, what do you got? I got, I got more questions here for Dan. Let's, let's go back to the whole team. Now, Dan, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is this the first year that we're actually getting previous competitors involved? I mean, obviously we have Jay, you know, he's going to be, um, heavily involved with the with the entire weekend, the whole production. But then when you brought on Angelica and Tamer, is this the first time that we're going to have people who, you know, in a sense were entrenched in the industry who are kind of putting, you know, their own fingerprint on this with you? And, you know, how is that perspective? Is the dynamic good? Because being that they've been in the industry long enough, it's it's not just a production company in the sense of maybe they're doing a million other, you know, markets and industries and stuff like that. How how does it play having you know two competitors, you know, possibly even more depending on who else that you brought on? How does that dynamic work with the whole production now? Do you feel like everything is, you know, moving in the right direction because you're getting input and feedback from people who? were quite frankly there and can give their two cents. They know how it feels. Yeah, exactly. There's no question. Now, you know, I'm always really careful about this and I'll be really honest with you. You know, um, you know, Robin worked real hard to stay connected to a lot of people. And, um, and, you know, and so it's, it's, it's not so much that, you know, one way is the right way and one way is the wrong way, but to answer your question, yeah, there's definitely been a conscious um, decision. Tactically speaking, I think on my part to, bring people closer to this event that have a different type of relationship with the athletes, a different type of relationship with the media. Uh, Angelic is a great example. I'm glad you mentioned her. She's, you know, worked as a editor and a, and a writer and a contributor for muscle and fitness and flex for a long time. Um, she's been an athlete and um, she's been a, you know, a, a pro competitor. So she's got great um, cachet in that world and just great relationships and, and Tamer the same way. Tamer's got tremendous relationships, especially on the West, West coast and also around the world. Um, you know, and I've worked hard to do what I can to, to stay as connected and just, you know, foster meaningful relationships with people. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that is a big part of, I don't know if I'd say it's a big part of the strategy. We're hiring the most qualified people to do the individual jobs. And it sure is a bonus when they just so happen to be people that have that familiarity. Um, right. You know, it's like take Jimmy, for example, like you own a a world renowned supplement brand and um, you are good at what you do because, you know, the supplement industry inside and out, you know, formulation and, you know, marketing. There's a lot of guys who have that skill set. However, you happen to be a former world class bodybuilding champion. So it just so happens that it gives you a great advantage in connecting with your customer and understanding what what means something to them because you have that background. You're not successful because of it, but it sure is a bonus. Definitely helps. And it sure does help. And so I think to Matt's question, I think, I think it's kind of the same idea. Yeah, definitely helps. The, the expo, like what is, what are your plans for the expo? Like how did, is it, I, I know you mentioned before, and I might put you on the spot here. You mentioned before that the Olympia has been a very successful asset to AMI. Okay. Are the numbers, were the numbers dropping and now that you feel the numbers are going to go back up because of these changes or are like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want you to put numbers out there, but do you feel that the, 
the numbers for the expo, exhibitors, attendances, tickets um, are going to be better this year. Yeah. So first of all, you just touched on an interesting thing. As long as we're talking about normally I wouldn't get into all this minutia on the business side, but I, this is what your show is about. Right. Um, so in the last couple of years, really to the credit of a lot of folks who came before me, you know, Robin included. Yeah, Robin did an amazing job. For sure. Um, there was a couple of things that they did at the expo that actually had a positive impact on the fan experience. First thing that they did was they widened a lot of the aisles in the expo. They used to be as small as eight feet. Some of those aisles became 20 feet. They also went ahead and implemented through a company that we use called Fevo, which is a great company, um, implemented a way to enter the expo, which is more electronic and it gets people through the door quicker. Um, so what happened was by doing those things, suddenly the expo didn't look as crowded as it used to and it didn't feel as crowded because the aisles were water wire so maybe the, in, in prior years you would walk through the expo and you would be all jam-packed oh, yeah. you, you know you, you'd be up in everybody's business right but because of some of those changes it kind of opened up the flow of traffic which sort of opened up and, and created the sense that maybe there weren't as many people there but in reality the aisles were wider and then also a lot of those lines that you used to see going down the outside the Las Vegas Convention Center, you know, on a, on a hot day in September, those those lines were vastly reduced because of the technology that was incorporated to get people in the door quicker. Um, so a lot of things had been done, which sort of created the perception that the um, that the expo wasn't as um, well attended. Now, whether the net whether the numbers from one year to the next blipped one way or the other. I'm not going to get into all the numbers. The numbers are strong, but that is a big indicator. That is a big reason why some of the perceptions were, you know, all of a sudden we feel like we can breathe in the expo. Right. It's because moves were made to make that happen. Um, but to get to your question about trying to do things to make the expo more successful, um, that's definitely a big part of my focus. It's a big part of our team's focus. And one of those things is just creating a more what we call experiential environment. So what we mean by that is instead of just having, you know, lines of, 10 by 10 booths, which of course are a big part of the expo companies, small companies want to come out there and, you know, start their businesses and connect with new customers and all that. Um, but it's more than that. We want to have um, things that fans and visitors can do while they're there to make their visit to the expo more than just walking around and collecting samples and picking up t-shirts. So I know a lot of people, they fly in from all over to collect samples and pick up t-shirts and they're still going to be able to do that. But what we want to take it uh, further. We want to have things available that justify the time and, and the money to be out there and to participate and attend the expo. So we're trying to do things to create more activities, more experiences, more things that will make people who go Friday want to go back again on Saturday. Um, so there's a big focus on that. And in the coming days and weeks, we'll start releasing some of those new things that we're putting together. Um, we also have a real commitment to celebrity involvement that if you remember years ago, Jimmy, you'd show up at an Olympia. It was famous people everywhere, right? right. And right. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun for the fans and really for all of us, for the athletes as well. Um, and for the last couple of years, that kind of backed off a little bit. We didn't see as I mean, I know Shaquille O'Neal showed up last year, um, kind of unceremoniously. Not a lot of people saw him, unfortunately. But um, not a lot of famous people kicking around the Olympia like there used to be. Fortunately, with AMI and all of our entertainment, we call them our glossies, our weeklies, you know, the Us Weeklies and all those publications, Radar Online and so forth. We are able to connect with 
celebrities. So we're trying to do some things to oh, get some of those folks back and kind of give that, give the event, you know, a feeling that it's it's special, special oh, enough yeah. for people that, you know, make the covers of mainstream magazines to take time out and, and attend. Will we ever see the Expo and the Olympia show under one roof? The Expo and the Olympia show. So that is that question is code for, are we going to move to a new location? Are we going to leave the Orleans? Is that what we're asking? Um, well, yeah, kind of. The thing is, I remember when the it was at the Mandalay Bay, right? Yep. You, you check in, you had everything under one roof. Are we ever going to see that again? So I will say this, that each year, you know, and look, let's face it, we all want things to be practical, logistically sound. We want it to be easy. There's nothing better than when you show up at an event, wherever it is, small, medium, or large, and you check into the hotel and you realize, well, I don't have to go anywhere. So that is definitely a bonus. We all recognize that. Um, each year, we evaluate kind of, you know, based on all the variables, exhibitors, attendance, you know, all, all the things that matter. And we assess, you know, what's the plan going forward? So there's, I certainly will not say we will never see that. I certainly think it's very much in the cards and it's something we will evaluate and continue to look at. Um, the challenges are the Las Vegas Convention Center, it does um, allow us a certain type of space, a certain type of configuration that accommodates a lot of things for us. Um, now, I do know that throughout Vegas, more and more venues have popped up. More and more hotels have their own you know, inside, you know, uh, on-site arenas and venues and convention centers. So I think things have changed. When this change was made a while back, when it was at the Mandalay Bay, the Mandalay Bay just couldn't handle the growth of the expo. There were there was issues. There were legitimate issues. And then there's other parts of the event that just weren't well suited for that layout. I think things have changed. Other properties around Vegas, I think, have become more able to accommodate um, an event of the Olympia scale. And uh, I think we're going to continue to look at it. Look, we would all like to see ways to improve the fan experience. That obviously is something that needs to be looked at. But right now, our relationship with the Orleans carries a lot of positives, and I'll tell you why. So for example, the Orleans Arena is a tremendous venue. Um, and it really does provide us a lot of production opportunities. They hold world-class sporting events there throughout the year, and we're happy to be there. It happens to be attached to the Orleans Hotel, um, which provides incredible pricing for our attendees. Um, nowhere in Vegas can you stay for, I think, their, you know, the Wednesday, Thursday pricing, something like 60 bucks a night. Yes, it's, um, it's crazy. It's unbelievable, right? And um, I know the weekend pricing, you know, it goes up a bit, but I just know that, for people who are coming in, they're spending a lot of money on ticket packages, VIP ticket packages, flights and all that. So there's a lot of people who really enjoy the opportunity to stay at a hotel and be surrounded by all their friends and, you know, a lot of the competitors and, you know, see them in the restaurants and see them in the bars. And yes, if, even if it's not one of the marquee properties, it's a very cost effective opportunity for a lot of people. And of course, those who want to stay at a different hotel, they can do that. But uh you know, it, there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see something at some point, but uh, right now we're just focused on where we're at for this year. Was that something that you going into it, you had in your minds, like, listen, we got to bring it all under one roof, or you just, um, just said, you know, hey, let's just pl play it out, and we'll see where this goes? I, I think we all hear each other, right? We all have been a part of it, and we all see the pros and the cons. So I think it fell into a list of things where I said, we got to really look at this mm -hmm. and figure out, First of all, 
there's lots of things that I looked at. And, I, and I'm, I'm the first to, you know, even give, you know, credit to, to Robin on a lot of this stuff. Um, there's a lot of things that I, you know, a lot of us looked at from the sidelines and said, you know, that needs to be different or that needs to be different or we should change that. Then you get in and you get closer to it and you realize, oh man, now I get why it's being done that way. Right. And as much as we would like to change it, there's a reason why. And, you know, it's sort of like if I called you up and said, Jimmy, it'd be great if um, your pre-workout had that ingredient in it and everybody would love it. And you do then, that anyway. Right, I do that anyway. And the reason why you don't listen to me is because, first of all, I don't know anything about formulating supplements. But more importantly, you don't listen to me because you know that if if you put that ingredient with that ingredient, um, there could be a compliance issue. There could be an efficacy issue. There's going to be some reason that I, as a guy who doesn't know the first thing about formulating supplements, never really considered. And then once you get in close to this Olympia, you realize there's a lot of things that fall into that category of things from afar that look like an obvious sort of low-hanging fruit, then you get close to it and you realize, okay, now I understand. Right. Matt? Yeah, I, th I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, obviously, like Jimmy said earlier, I mean, there's there's so much talk about the Olympia so far in advance. I mean, I remember, I mean, being technically media and, and writing content and writing articles and getting people excited almost up until two weeks before the Olympia, it was like nobody was talking about it. And, and that's not to to discount anything that, you know, Robin has done in the past or AMI or the, the whole promotion of it in previous years. But it just seems like from the bodybuilding community, people just, they weren't real excited. And now it's like, we got talks of, you know, Hey, maybe Kai's going to come back, you know, is, is Phil potentially going to come back even after saying that he was going to kind of shut it down for this year. I think there's a lot of excitement that's going into this year and with the production changes and with you, you know, kind of helping to run the show and, and putting things in place and bringing in the right people. I, I think people are, you know, super excited, super pumped. Hopefully they've already gotten their tickets if they haven't already, but if people are looking for tickets, where, where should they go? Obviously the website. Yeah. So just so everybody knows, um, the way ticket sales work for, I think, most events in Vegas, probably most events in general, but most events in Vegas and the Olympia in general, um, once you get into the summer months, the tickets start to go fast. Um, we're in that window right now, that sort of that May-June window, May in particular, where there's great inventory of amazing seats because the, you know, the sales push hasn't really kicked in and people haven't started to, to do what they normally would do, which is in those final 60 to 90 days, they buy up all the tickets. So my advice to anybody out there is if you, first of all, if you've never been to the Olympia, um, it's really an experience unlike any other. It's something that you need to experience. It's a, it's a, it's a bucket list item. It's, it's something that, you know, we, we can talk about and we can post pictures and we can, but when you go to the Olympia right. and you sit in the Orleans arena and Jimmy, I know you guys get, it. I know you've been there, Matt. It's, it's something that is hard to explain. It's something that kind of gets inside you and it kind of goes through your veins and you, you go back to wherever you live and you have this, whether it's a new sense of energy and focus for your training, for your business, um, or just for your life in general. It's a very powerful experience. I went to it, you know, 20 years in a row, you know, as a, as a fan and then as a member of the media. And I always say there was, there's always times and Jimmy and I, we always used to joke about this because Jimmy and I always used to meet for Starbucks and we would, we would bitch and we'd complain about all these different things. And we, oh, we got to find something else to do. This industry, we got to do. And then we would go to the Olympia and you sit there and you see the caliber of the production. You see the caliber of the competitors. You feel the energy in the air. And you say at that moment, this is why I do this. Right. This is why we love this stuff. This is why 
We're all full of crap and we say we're going to go do something else. And this is why we always come back to it, because events like the Olympia, um, the Arnold Classic as well, it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous experience. Um, they provide um, validation for why we are committed to this world, this industry, um, and it's a special thing to experience. So if you've never been out there, get out there, go out to Vegas, the middle of September, MrOlympia.com has a tremendous inventory of tickets right now. Go get your tickets. You can get VIP packages if you want to experience the weekend in its most you know, complete and, and full form. Um, but um, yeah, we have a tremendous, uh, a tremendous showdown this year. Uh, of course, Sean Roden's trying to prove that he's not a one-hit wonder, and a lot of people think that he's going to be one and done. Um, Sean Roden's a very formidable competitor. Don't be shocked if he comes in even better. Right. Um, I know he's working with a great trainer in uh, in Chris Aceto, and I'm sure they have a whole lot of things up their sleeves to come in and just remind everybody why he's Mr. Olympia. But, of course, there's a lot of guys in this lineup that are viewing this as an opportunity because I think that's the consensus among the fans and among the athletes is that this thing's up for grabs. It's open, and it's there's open. no better Olympia, I've always said, all the great Olympias in the history of the event are the ones where a new champion is crowned, right? Those are the ones we remember, right? We remember 98 Ronnie. We remember 2006 Jay. We remember the night Phil Heath became Mr. Olympia. And, of course, we remember last year for Sean Roden. So I don't know if it's going to be that way this year, but I can tell you that, um, yeah, get to MrOlympia.com. Get your tickets. Want to see everybody out there. And uh, and I think you'll uh, I think you'll appreciate that you did. It's exciting. So I got one more question. Sure. Um, as you know, I'm very heavily involved in the, the Clash series as a promoter and title sponsor with Joe Pasculu and Trey Bennett and all them and all those guys. With your experience of the Olympia, what advice do you have for me on promoting the shows? What's well, the aside from making friends and and like how? You and I are talking. Obviously, we're live. You know, but what's your advice after what you've seen and and are going through and learning and experiencing? Well, first of all, I think you've done a good job in in one area. You're not just a check writer. Um, check writers just drop off checks and then they go about their business. You get involved. I know with your sponsorships. You make when you bring your brand Beauty Fit aboard. I've seen you do it many times. First of all, Joe and Trey are tremendous. So big shout out to them. They do a great job. Um, and Joe's also doing some big things in Florida as well. So right. um, we're very, very pleased with the work that those guys are doing, and they've been very supportive. Um, but I think what you're doing, I think you already have it figured out. You're one of the few title sponsors out there that when you stick your name on an event, you're out there, you're immersed in it, you are providing product, you are providing advice and wisdom to the competitors, you're making yourself a part of it. So I don't think you need my advice, Jimmy. I think you have it figured out. I think. Oh, I could take I could take a lot of advice. Trust me. <laughs> I, I I really think I think that's a big part of it. I think what you're doing is, is a blueprint to some extent. Is it's more than just you know spending money. It's about putting your brand in there, putting your wisdom, putting your experience, and making your company a part of the event. So I know that series of events that you're talking about um, have become synonymous with Beauty Fit, not just right. because your name's on the marquee but because you've kind of embraced it. So I would just say keep doing what you're doing and uh, and start taking advantage of a lot of these new outlets that are available to you, like this, like shows like this one. And uh, Correct. you're hooking up with, by the way, Matt, you got you do a great job, man. I, I enjoyed a lot of the stuff working with you over it. We're doing digital muscle. And, uh, you know, Matt's one of those guys that just kind of puts his head down and does the work. And uh, he's kind of a machine when it comes to cranking out content. 
I've always, you know, I think the guy who does that as well as we talk about Ron Harris, right over at MD. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. certain guys that I'm not that guy. There, there's guys that I like to, to me, when I do an article, I do something I like to, to me, it's like I, I put a lot of time into it and it's, it's something I take a lot of pride in. And that, that's a different type of, of a skill set. That's a different type of approach, right? You, the, these fully developed uh, pieces of art, or if you want to, whatever you want to call it, but stuff that's fully developed. Um, there's a different skill set, and that's called that's the that's the content that's the content creator. That's the machine. And guys like you, Matt, and and, and Ron Harris, guys that can sit down and every single day write several articles every day. And when you take a break from writing those articles. You do podcasts like this and you, you know, you constantly figure out a way. I have the highest level of respect for that ability and that skill set because it's incredibly difficult to do that. You open up an, an issue of MD and every article is written by Ron Harris. It's fascinating. He literally, his name should be on the cover of the magazine as the author of the book. Um, <laughs> they shouldn't even put his name on every article. He writes the entire magazine every single month, unless there's a, there might be a freelancer or two that I don't know about and, I don't know what, you know, if Blackman's maybe doing some writing, but, um, <laughs> and, 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 and again, I say this, to, you know, to not disparage anybody really, just to, just to praise the guys who are really rolling up their sleeves and doing the work. It's incredibly difficult to do it, to have the endurance to do it, the sustainability to do it. So Matt, credit to you for, uh, for doing, doing a great job. Well, thank I, you. I, I appreciate it. You, you know what? You're absolutely right. I actually, I'm living it with him. It's like, Matt, I, I, I message him maybe eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, man, I need a couple articles, this, this, and this. By the time 10 30 comes around, I get the emails with the articles. And I'm like, there is no way there's any type of substance and quality in these articles that you're writing so fast. I won't even read them. Right. And next thing you know, after lunch or whatever, I read them like, this is pretty good. Yeah. It's like, how does, how do they click like that? You know, it's crazy. Hey, look, I always say we're all good at something, right? Yep. Yep. You know, Dan, listen, brother. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, yes. we got your back. Anything you need from us? Um, my phone's been blowing up. Um if there's anything you need from us, we're here. We're full supportive of the Olympia. And um, man, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah, and if any if anything changes between now and you know, show day. And you want to hop back on and, and kind of tell people about, you know, recent changes, additions, modifications, whatever. Let us know. We'd love to have you back on. I appreciate the support. I hope I'll see you both in Vegas. Yeah, we'll be at there. The Olympia. And um, Jimmy, it's almost time for our what has sadly become our semi-annual coffee. See, there was a time when Jimmy and I weren't nearly as busy. So we would always find time to go catch up. But uh, now we have to do podcasts like this to uh, – <laughs> To, to spend some time and, together. And Dan's literally 10 minutes from me right now, Matt. 10 minutes. Hey, did you get that new office space set up, Jimbo? Yeah, yeah it's actually, they're painting it right now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll look forward to uh, stopping by and loading up come, on some. Come by for a leg workout, sissy. Love it. We'll do it. Guys, awesome. Right. Thanks for having me. Love you, man. All right, bro. Thank you. Thanks.